Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the water cooler. Your mom's favorite statistically average sports podcast. My name is Ryan Saba, the most electrifying voice in sports information, and with me as always... What up, it's Luke, a.k.a. your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. What are we talking about today? Yeah, yeah. he is. It's true. The one and only Luke Crocker. So today, we are going to... A little late... A little late on this one because we've had a couple games already, but you know I don't think we're too late to where uh, we, we can't screw up in a few predictions. Some might say perfect timing. Um, we are going to do our 2019 uh, college basketball preview. I, I think, admittedly, um, this is probably of the four major sports, five major sports, if you will, that being NBA, college basketball, NFL, college football, and baseball. This is probably the sport um, that I am the least well-versed in, and, and I'll get into why here in a little bit. Um, but I think, um, especially in the area that we live in, you know, in, in ACC country, it's, uh, you know, it's probably number one or, or number two. So uh, we're going to get right into it here, and I think... Uh, Stay true to form with all of our season previews and, and focus on a couple topical things. Um, I think in light of, um, you know, the James Wiseman news, Chase Young news that broke just yesterday. Slimy NCAA. Um, you know, the NCAA, I think, as, as always, finds a way to... Um, uh, you know, reach and hit a new rock bottom. You know, Chase Young, potential number one draft pick in the NFL, took a loan from a family friend and is now facing four game suspension. They came out today. That's the rumor. Uh, James Wiseman, who, you know, look, Penny Hardaway's his coach now. When he was in high school, Penny Hardaway was a high school coach at the time and, uh, you know, helped his, you know, these these private prep schools, they recruit. He was a booster. They recruit. And he, in, in the form of recruiting, uh, helped James Wiseman's family move closer to the school, the high school that he was working at, he was coaching at. And then, you know, when he did that, he had no, um, you know, he didn't know he was going to become the head coach of Memphis. And, you know, to be frank, the reason that he is the head coach of Memphis is because he was James Wiseman's <laughs> uh, high school coach and handler. So, look, I get that there's a little bit of, um, you know, Penny Hardaway potentially, you know, doesn't look great in this whole thing. He didn't do anything different than most guys in his situation would have done. Yeah, the I, NCAA I, is just trash. I don't disagree. So I, I just, I wanted to, you know, I don't think we would be doing our fans or quite frankly ourselves any justice without touching on this a little bit. So just, you know, a couple, couple thoughts on, on this whole situation. Um, I like, I think I've made it pretty clear that the NCAA is garbage in this regard. Um, he wasn't a coach at the time. Um, as you said, he was a, he was a high school basketball coach who helped a family move so that the kid could get to a better school and get an opportunity to go and get a D1 scholarship. Um, and then you just 
take that mm. away from the kid. And LSU. <laughs> we are watching the LSU Alabama game <laughs> as we record this. Um, but yes, um, so yeah. LSU up six nothing. But um, I just think it's trash. I just think it's trash that that you know, for a guy that wasn't even involved with Memphis to help a, a you know the kid move. Well, he was he was involved because he was uh, he was donating money to the school at the time as their most yeah, that's how famous they can make him a booster. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, I mean, why is it just being resolved now? Is another is another question. Well, that it, I have, but it, it's being. I think it's being brought to. To be honest with you, it's better than the Chase Young situation, which happened you know two years ago. He's been playing football ever since. And all of a sudden it comes out now, I think, you know, at least with James Wiseman, he played one game and then it came out. So at least, look, my my take is this, um, I'm going to date myself a little bit here. You know, in in 2001, um, as a freshman in college, uh, I had an English class where I had to write a persuasive paper. Mm -hmm. I wrote a paper in 2001 on paying college athletes. I had to take a position, and I my, my position was, you know, that, that, that students should be paid. So I've been a proponent of this. I've heard about this legendary paper. It, I've it, yet to read it. I don't even know where it's at, man. It's true. <laughs> it's a true story. Um, you know, I we, we talked about it in class, and at the time, you know, it was sort of a controversial topic. But, you know, my, my, my take is that I think the NCAA is the most corrupt, um, inconsistent, uh, self-preserving even worse than the NFL, you know. I, I think they they just the, everything they do, and they're the, taking advantage of kids. And they take advantage of kids. These coaches get paid millions and millions of dollars. They can leave whenever they want to. The kids have to enter a transfer portal and sit sit out for a year. Uh, you know the whole thing. Then you got guys like Dabo saying shit like "bring your own guts." I mean, well, he, I can't stand that. He also said this week that if they started paying, in light of the 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 bill or the law or whatever that was passed, where uh, now college students can own their own likeness, he also said that if they start paying college students, that he'll quit. Good, good riddance. Um, you know, I, so so that's the take. I mean, I think it's trash. I think it's bullshit. I, I think you do as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not an Ohio State fan. I think everybody knows that, but I am. Um, a fan of truth and and what's right in this world, and at least getting to watch good football players, good good athletes. I I know I know there's a couple teams that are you have zero or one wins in the NFL right now that are happy that Chase Young <laughs> suspended. But you know I, I I hope that Chase Young is back on the field soon. James Wiseman was was able to play last night in light of you know they came out a couple hours later did he play he, he played twice he played well so he was supposed to be suspended they they filed some injunction he played last night so you know hopefully that 5 minutes 17 points 9 boards 5 not, blocks not as good as his first game but 28 and 11 uh, in the first game yeah he had 28 points in 22 minutes but i i hope that um you know i hope that these kids are able to play, and I hope that the NCAA, you know, gets what get gets what's coming to them, uh, which is you know, student athlete empowerment, uh, which is what I'm looking forward to. So, with that, let's get into another topic. I think anytime you talk about college basketball, um, you know, the one and done rule. Um, there's proponents on both sides of the fence on this, so I think it's our turn to take a crack at this. You know, do you feel like the one and done rule is good 
for college basketball, I think is the first question. And then sort of the follow-up, this is a two-part question, yes or no to that first question. And then if, if I guess if, it, if it's no, what would be your ideal format? Um, I'll put it this way. It's, it's great for the NCAA in the sense that, you know, they're, they're making even more money now off these guys that would just be going into the NBA draft. Guys like Zion last year, you know, every single year. I mean, if you, you pull up any mock draft and you look at, you look at the, the, the first round and it's, you know, it's, it's 28 freshmen, a senior, and three foreign guys. I mean, every single one of those guys would just be going a year earlier into yeah. the NBA. Yeah. So it's great for them. I mean, they're just making more money off these 18 and 19-year-olds. Um, I do think it's actually good for the product. Um, the college product. The college basketball product, because more good players is a good thing. Yeah. It's always a good thing. <clears throat> and I do think it's. I do think fans don't love it because you have to learn a new team every year. Like if if you're a Duke fan, which when I watch basketball, I watch Duke. You got to learn new names every single year Shocking. because they're the new king of that. You are a little done. bit of a front runner. Yeah, hey, I'll take that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll take that. Um, but they do. I mean, they, they. You have to. You have to learn a new team every single year, and it's just. You know, I just don't think that's great for the fan, but. You know, I do think the product is better. You know, college basketball is better when Zion Williamson's playing in it. Yeah. You know, how about you? So, I I actually feel pretty strongly about the sentiment that I'm about to make, and 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 I actually kind of feel the opposite of of you. Okay. I think the one and done actually hurts both sides. I'm going to use your example of learning a new team every year. I think that actually hurts the 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 college basketball product. I mean, I'm a huge sports fan. And I remember back when I was younger, you know, Tim Duncan, Randolph Childress at Wake Forest, they played all four years. Antoine Jameson, Vince Carter played, you know, several years. Rasheed Wallace, Jerry Stackhouse, Christian Leitner. I mean, you think back to some of these teams. um, Oh, yeah, those Duke teams with Jay Williams and uh, Levy and Boozer. I mean, they left when they were juniors, and that was a big deal. Right. When we were were younger, there would be the same team with the same core two, three, four years in a row in the NCAA tournament. There were rivalries that were developed. And, you know, I think it I think it hurts the NBA product that they can't get these premier athletes like the LeBrons in a year earlier to have them get, the, you know, uh, used to the 82-game schedule. Um, I think that it hurts the, the college basketball product for – for, for casual fans, people who aren't like, oh, who aren't waving Duke flags or, you know, have the, the Carolina flag, you know, hanging off their, their bumper or whatever. I, I think for me, the ideal format would be... Um, Get him! <laughs> block, block, block. <laughs> uh, muff, muff snap on the punt uh, for Alabama. So <laughs> LSU up 7 nothing, getting the ball back deep in Alabama territory. I think the ideal format for me would be the, sort of a, a, a hybrid of the old format and what college baseball does. Okay, so I have it written right here to talk about baseball. Because I think that I used to be like, okay, well, if you're going to go, stay for three years. But So maybe it's not three years. Maybe it's two years. Okay, still. I, I just think that... I don't think there should be any restriction. Well, let's talk about what the college baseball format is. In college baseball, you can go straight to the the baseball draft out of high school. school. But if you go to college, you have to stay for three years. I feel like some form of that 
where if you're good enough to go out of college or go, go out of high school, you should be able to go. But I also think there should be restrictions on that because the last few years of kids being able to go straight out of high school, there was dudes like Jonathan Bender that were being drafted straight out of high school that were just sitting on the end of the bench in Indiana. So maybe, you know, that there's some sort of a, of a, of a, of a, of a camp that the NBA holds where they have scouts there and maybe the top four, five, six high school prospects come work out and they say, okay, you two well, can I do, go. I do believe they have a draft advisory board. I, I understand that, but I think there should almost be sort of a workout of... Like a combine almost? Well, think about like when Jordan came back and played for the Wizards. That he had he he held like five on five open gyms in Chicago, and LeBron was seventeen. Yeah. He was a junior, and he he would go. He yeah, went and played right. with those guys, and he was dominating everybody at seventeen years old. I think that's a good barometer for if you're well, ready to go, go. If you can right go now. right, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I think you know you bring the top four or five kids in high school, you have them work out with pros, and you see are you ready or are you not? I mean, I I don't I don't think it makes any sense. For a, for an eighteen year old kid to go sit on a, the end of an NBA bench for four or five years before they're ready to start playing, so that would be my ideal format: some hybrid of the baseball, the college baseball mixed with coming straight out of high school, but limitations on how many kids can come straight out of high school. I'm going to say my ideal format is no restriction at all. Like, you, if you want to go, you go, and if you don't, you don't. Like, there's no reason to restrict these guys if if they think that they're good enough. You know, they might be wrong, but that's a tough life. Le- that's a life lesson that you learn. You know, it's a tough one at 18, but, you know, you figure it out. Once those kids go to the NBA, they can't ever go back and go to college. I'm aware. You can go back and go to college and get a degree. I hear you, but I, I think that with young 18-year-old kids that, that don't come from a socioeconomic yeah, situation I, I that you and I did, they, they, they feel like they have to go straight to get the money so they can start providing for their family. I get it, but I don't, I, I don't think that it's, it should be up to anyone but them to decide when they're able to go and start earning a living. I, don't think, I think that's up to them and them only. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I, I I think that's a good point because it's also on these these NBA teams too because they draft the kids, right? Right? Because they're dying they're dying to get the next potential. Right? You know, they're, they're drafting. They're even these freshmen that they're drafting. On, when I said you pulled sure. the mock draft, I mean they're these Absolutely. are all potential guys. I mean, Darius Garland played five games. Yep. Um, Kyrie Irving played eleven games yep. in college. You know, James Wiseman's going to get drafted in the first three picks, and we don't even know what he's going to end up playing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that during this next CBA, there's going to be some change. I, I think it's going to be. I, I get the sense that Adam Silver um, wants to enable kids to come straight out of high school. Honestly, what's what's the relationship between Silver and and the NCAA? Because no, n- none. Though the decisions are made independently of each other. I, I just can't believe that that is is true. I, I, I well. So not being able, so not being able to come out of high school is an NBA rule. Okay, but so the NBA can come in and they can meet. So so the head of the NCAA, whoever like the NFL Mark, is Mark, three years Mark Emrit or whatever it is, yeah, yeah. he can sit down in a room with Adam Silver, and Adam Silver can say, "All right, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna remove the one year out of college or one year out of high school rule if you agree to say you have to be in college for two years. That that's there's I think there has to be some sort of a a collaboration there potentially. I don't know. Look. This is you and me here. You know, we'll 
we'll we'll we'll leave we'll leave uh the decision making to the guys that that, are, that that get paid to do it so good 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 back and forth on those i like it i like it um let's get into the uh our, our college basketball takes um players teams who are you excited to see this year um First of all, just just looking, I'm really kind of excited to see this kid play at uh, Georgia of all places. Ah, yeah, Anthony Edwards. Yes, six foot five, two hundred twenty five pound wing. Um, no, what's his wing? Oh, I don't know. Oh, his wingspan? You don't got it? Mm-mm. I think he's really long. He's one of those guys that has like arms that go down to his kneecaps. Like really? it's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's that's cool. Um, it's cool. <laughs> see, long arms. The, this, I got, long arms are good. I got the, this this comp here from uh, NBA Draft yeah. Victor Oladipo, bigger Oladipo, yeah, which is uh, you know not terrible. No, it's not. You know, I think coming out of college, out of Indiana, Indiana there was more expectations for Oladipo, but the you know he started slow, but the last few years he's really come on to be yeah, able to start. He grew player. into it. Yeah. Um, but first game he played, he had twenty four points, shot uh, four for seven from three, nine rebounds, three assists. It looks like a you know he's going to be a scoring guard, so I'm excited to watch him. Yeah, it's good. Um, Cole Anthony, yeah, a point guard at yeah. um at UNC. Greg Anthony's son, yeah, UNLV yeah. running Rebs. I'm interested. Six foot three, hundred ninety pounds. Um, did go to Oak Hill. Um, <clears throat> excited to see what he can do. You know, the NBA is now a guard driven league. There's no question. Um, you know, it's it's all about guard and wing play. It doesn't hurt to have a big man, but yeah. So I'm just interested to see him play. Yeah. Um, Tyrese Maxey, guard Kentucky? from Kentucky. Yep, is he their point guard? Uh, he's not the point guard. No, he's just a okay. Guard, but he's he's six foot three, one ninety eight, about the same size. Um, he came on strong in that game against uh, Michigan State. He doesn't even start, but he came in and had twenty six points. Um, shot three of seven from three, seven to twelve from the floor, nine to ten free throws. Um, so I'm interested to watch kind of him. Like he's maybe a little. He's a guy that. Might not be until later in the first round of the NBA draft. It's weird, man. Two six foot, three hundred ninety pound guys in a row. Who does that remind you of? I told you, you guys knew I was a Garland fan. You well, guys knew I was. A Garland I was thinking fan. of somebody else. No, Darius Garland <laughs> is who we're talking about. Okay, no, not Steph Curry. Okay, sorry, my bad. <laughs> not Steph Curry. Mm. And then lastly, the team I'm most excited about, as I am every year, it's Duke. Yeah, you know, the new king of the one and done. I just think they're interesting on so many different levels this year. Um. I think I'm in most years, but but yes, this year it's interesting to see what they're going to do after replace. I mean, they're not. They obviously don't have anyone like they did last year. I don't think they even have anyone that's even up to our. No, and really, even the last few years, if you think of yeah, you know Bagley and you know going back the last. But you know, it years. does kind of remind me of the team that won the title in '15 with uh, Okafor, uh, Tyus Jones, and Justice Winslow. The softest. NCAA championship win of all time. Is that the team uh, that know, is that man. the that team Kemba, that Kemba's, Kemba's Huskies? Is that who they beat? That wasn't even Duke's softest team. Nolan Smith and Kyle Singler was Duke's that was Duke's softest title team. Well they beat Butler one year too. That was the year they beat Butler. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> no. No, they beat Wisconsin in that game in, mm-hmm. in fifteen was Okafor and Tyus Jones, Justice mm-hmm. Winslow. Um Justice is starting to come in a little bit in the NBA. They're starting to run their own. But I think that I think that, that that team is a good model for this team. But they bring back Trey Jones, uh, Tyus Jones' mm-hmm. brother, who uh, decided not to go into the league last year. And uh, I think in the NCAA tournament, guard play is huge. And he's just a natural leader as it is. And to have him back as an experienced leader like that, I think that's huge for them. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I touched on it a little bit at the beginning. Um, you know, I'm a Michigan fan. I, I think if, if I had to, you know, attach myself to a to a team, it's probably Michigan. Uh, they're going to go through a rough year, I think, losing, um, you know, John Beeline and, 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 and obviously the Juwan Howard transition. I think he's going to try to, you know, build a different sort of program. So I'm not super excited for any teams, but I am really excited for players. And, and the main reason is because the Cavs are going to have another top two, three, or four picks. So I'm really... Um, Not if Tristan keeps playing when he's playing. Well, Tristan, <laughs> you know, he's, 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 this is the best year of his yeah, He looks career. like an all-star, I'm not going to Yeah, lie. he does. He's, he's, playing, he's playing outstanding. Um, but, you know, I, I'm really focused on players. We talked about James Wiseman. He's, he's probably the, the number, th- you know, the third... Uh, guy that I'm most excited about, seven foot, two forty seven. He's got a seventy four and a half inch wingspan. He's a he's a uh, a freshman from Memphis. As I as I talked about in his first game, he had twenty eight points in twenty two minutes. You know his comp is Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid, um, sort of a, a, a hybrid of both of those guys. I, I think you know the defense. Is is yet to be seen, but his offensive game is is very very strong. I think he's a guy that um, he will go at the top end of the draft. You talked about Cole Anthony, six three one eighty five, freshman North Carolina. He's quick. He's got bounce. Um, he scores in bunches. He's got great handles. His basketball IQ is high. Um, you know he's 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 got an NBA. He's he's an NBA kid. Uh, his dad, Greg Anthony, played in the league for a lot of years. I think that really helps. Uh, his comp, sort of a D. Rose, Kemba Walker kind of guy. I think he's somewhere in the middle of those guys. You know, super athleticism, great handle, uh, and he scores in bunches. So I think that's a guy that um, I don't think the Cavs necessarily need him. But if we don't have the top pick, he may be just good enough to help the guy that we want slide to us. Uh, and my the number one guy, and it's weird because this is a guy that's not on a lot of people's radar. The guy that I'm really interested in, and, and I'm not huge on 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 Marquette hoops, but uh, Marcus Howard, he's a senior from Marquette. He's a little guy. He's five eleven. He's one seventy five, but uh, he's a you know he's a dynamic scorer um, in all three levels. In 2018. Uh, he averaged 38 points a game, five rebounds, and two assists. He had 45 points against Kansas State when they were ranked 12th in the country. He had 45 points against Buffalo when we were when they were ranked 14th. He had 53 points against Creighton, and he had 38 points uh, versus Villanova when they were ranked 14th. So he played his biggest in his biggest games. I think the comp for him is, you know, a smaller Steph or or, or Trey. Um, you know, he's dynamic, but he needs developing. I think he's going to be a, a mid second round pick. I think he's going to be a guy that, uh, teams are going to get, they're going to, they're going to store on their bench. And I think he's going to end up being a very, very solid player in the NBA, but he's, he's a fun, fun college player. How athletic is he? The thing is, if you're going to be that small and just be a shooter, yeah. you're going to have trouble. No, no, he's, he's you athletic. explosive, like. Like think Nate Robinson. You need that explosive, just powerful, just raw Look, athlete. He's not going to win the dunk contest. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying if, if you're going to be five eleven in the NBA, I think you, you that's something you need to have. What's wrong with you? 
This is my list of people that I'm excited to watch. I can't wait to watch him in the tournament. Now you made me. I can't wait to watch. Now him I'm even more excited to watch him, <laughs> so I can send you text messages about him. I can't wait. Um, all right. So beyond you know who we're who we're excited to watch, I think you know we all have you know you and I, especially most Cavs fans, um, Knicks fans, Grizzlies fans. Surprisingly, uh, not the Hornets fans yet. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna be there. Hornets fans. We all sort of have our our eye on on the number one pick. Who do you think the number one pick's gonna be? Um, maybe even the Warriors. Um, maybe even the Warriors. <laughs> to me, it came the San down, Francisco Chronicle thinks so. I read an article came, on it. It came down to uh, to three guys for me. A couple guys we already mentioned. Um, Cole Anthony, as we mentioned before, it's a guard league. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I think when you know as this year goes on and people see Anthony Davis more, and you know, you might get an Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid. Yeah, finals, there's no question. That's really going to drive up uh, James Wiseman's stock. And just to see what he, I, I'm like, I'm really interested just to see, does he try to go overseas? Does he sign a deal? I, I mean, I don't know, but well, he may end up not even being suspended. Yeah. So so we'll we'll see. I'm interested to see. Um, and then one guy that we haven't talked about. Um, that's in the running, and like I'm as shocked as anybody. That's Lamelo Ball. Yes. So, Lamelo Ball, six foot seven, hundred eighty pounds, uh, from Spire Institute in Geneva, Ohio. No, he transferred. <laughs> yeah, he's he's overseas. Yeah. Now. Okay. He's overseas yeah. now because he graduated high school. But um, you know, he I think he's legitimately. You know, in the Geneva's running. the town right next to where I grew up. I know up. where it's at. Yeah. Um. But, uh, Which but, yeah. is so crazy to me that he would Geneva's such a I, shit hole. So weird. We love you. We love you, Geneva. So weird. I got family that lives out there. So <laughs> if you're listening, we love you. But um, but yeah, I think I think it'll come down to probably James Wiseman. I just think that if you look at any kind of any draft in the past several years, that that big guy, if it's between a guard and a big guy, the big guy almost always gets picked just because it's intoxicating to watch them. A guy be that big and that athletic and that you know graceful yeah. and all those things. So I just think it'll it'll come down to that and it'll probably be it'll. My pick is is Wiseman. <clears throat> yeah, I have Wiseman as, as my as my guy as well for all the reasons that that we've already talked about. I think my um you know guy to watch in the mold of you know sort of my 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 Chase Young call out during our college football Never gonna let me forget about preview that is 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 your guy that you talked about um anthony edwards um i think that it's it always depends on who's picking like if the knicks get the number one pick like there's no fucking telling <laughs> who they're gonna take you know what i mean yeah um so i think you know this guy like you said six five 215, 220, long. He's a scoring two I guard. Do his wingspan is uh, six nine. Six foot nine wingspan. He's got playmaking ability. He's got elite explosiveness and athleticism. I think the one thing about him, and you touched on it when you threw out his stats for his first game, I think where he goes, whether it's one, he's going to go one, two, or three. I mean, he's going to be right up there. Is going to depend on the consistency of his jumper. And what'd you say? He went four, four for six for three. In the first game? Uh, four for seven. If you continue to hit four for seven threes, five, five for eight, do those types of things, uh, I think he has a real shot. I think the number one pick's going to come down to uh, Anthony Wiseman or or Edwards, but I'm going to give... I'll need to watch a little bit more, but his profile is reminding me of the um, kid that went five to the Timberwolves from Texas Tech. Culver. Yeah. Jarrett Culver. Jared Culver. 
Sounds sounds similar. Sounds like he, he was, might be more but he, talented. But Culver was like six ten. He was, was a, he really? That yeah, big? he is a bigger okay. guy. Culver was kind of like a um, who was the guy in um, in Indiana before um, before Paul George? Um, oh Jesus! Him and LeBron used to go. Oh, Lance. Go. No, not Lance. The tall. Um, Shit. That's who LeBron was beefing with. No, what was his name? No, Culver was 6'5". Danny Granger. Danny oh, Granger, Granger is what Culver's body type reminds me of. It says He's... Culver here, 6'5", 195. <laughs> the internet lies. I am never wrong. <laughs> so it sounds like it sounds like this kid's sounds like he is more gifted. He is just like that. He seemed bigger than me. Okay, I'm wrong. Don't I look like a big fucking idiot as usual? Um... All right, so we talked about who we're excited. We talked about predictions for the number one pick. Let's do our way too early with absolutely minimal insight into who we think our final four teams we are start going with the number to be. one seeds because I have some interesting picks. I well, think. I mean, let's just. Who do you think is going to make the okay. final four? What do you got? All six. You got. You got all sixty-seven teams broken I out do. over there. AKA Joe Lenardi. <laughs> um, I do want to say though, little Andy Cass. I, I do think Gonzaga ends up getting a one seed. Okay. Okay. So that's based I, on based on being in a shit conference yeah. and being really fucking good. And Mark they, Few. They really, yeah, they they really find a way to to, to come out every year. All right, so they, they are good. Don't get right. me wrong, they're good. But all right, so your number one, four, I can say, yeah, with one hundred percent certainty that these are the final four teams. You can go ahead and mark your bracket. Mark now. it down. Yep, just pencil them in. Pencil them in. Right pencil here. them in, folks. I'm going with uh, Izzo, Michigan State, okay. Sparty. Yep. I'm going with Kentucky. Yeah. It's getting awfully blue blood in here. Yeah. I'm going with Louisville. Okay. And of course I'm going with Duke. Okay. So we're gonna have a blue blood final four, classic final four. You can't have a bad title game from those four teams. So you got Michigan State, you got Kentucky, you got Louisville, and you have Duke. Blue Bloods. Not bad. Get Not yours. bad. Hit me. All right. So I think there's two locks for in my mind. Uh, Michigan State, you know, they're led by Cassius Winston. He's a senior, he's been there for a long time. They're an experienced team. Well, that's with, kind of what we talked about earlier with the one and done. Yeah. And we talked about uh, building teams a little bit more organically. Sure. With those teams. So I think we've seen that, though, in the past few years. I meant to say this earlier, but I just kind of got sidetracked. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, you see Villa, teams like Villanova and uh, yeah. even last year, UVA. Yeah, teams absolutely. That, and then they go ahead and they get that one and done guy like a DeAndre Hunter. I know he was a sophomore, but you get that uh, that type of player and that puts you over the top. Yeah, I think the one thing that's consistent about that, though, is... The guys on those teams aren't premier talents out of high school, and their rise, their development is 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 can be attributed one hundred percent to hard work on their part and coaching. Right? Well, are these the, the guys Tony at Bennett, State? Tony Bennett, Jay Wright? Look, Tom Izzo's a great coach. Oh, legend! Don't get me wrong. He, I'm not... he generally he generally does not get the amount of blue chip talent that some of the other exactly blue kind of what do. I was saying. You know, this Cassius Winston. Was he? A, you know, was he? No. A, he's not a five star. I don't think he's going to be. A, you know, he's not a first round draft pick, probably. Right. So it kind of goes back to the point to where in recent years we've seen, you know, these kind of teams build with yeah. and win tournaments no, with, I, I with older players. I agree. Um, so I, I think they're a lock. You know, what I have here is experienced team with elite coaching. They're always ready. My other lock, you know, it's Kansas. Um, 
they looked pretty bad in their opener. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. They were concerned. up four last night. I hear you against UNCG. I'm not at halftime. I. I. They, and they only won by like twelve or fourteen. And I. It's. It's. It, I mean, it's. It's what November 9th. So <laughs> yeah, you know they have Kansas has top end upperclassmen, top to bottom. They probably have the most talented roster. They might still in, be hungover in college from basketball. Uh, Mar- That's right. That whole fucking thing, <laughs> strippers and all that. Um, you know, I think they have the premier inside outside duo in college basketball with Azabuki and uh, Devin Dotson, and they're a top ten defensive team. I, you know, Michigan State, Kansas. I think you can you can lock them in there. The next two for me. Um, I did have Kansas as a number one seed. <laughs> but not making it to the Final Four. Correct. The next two for me, uh, so I have four teams, <laughs> but I have, I, I, I have two SEC teams and two ACC teams. I think one SEC. I Real think, quick, Kansas had 28 turnovers against Duke. <laughs> yeah, they looked terrible. I mean, did you watch that game? I did. They were turning it over every it time was, down the floor. Yeah, it was awful. So it's that stout Duke defense. So I have two SEC teams. I have two ACC teams. I think one team is going to make it from each conference. My two SEC teams are Kentucky and Florida. I'm actually, believe it or not, when I, I'm actually leaning towards Florida. Um, they have an impressive backcourt. Um, you know, they have an All-American uh, dark horse in uh, Nemhard, Andrew Nemhard. They have Kerry Blackshear, who's a who's a probably a top ten guy in college basketball that transferred from Virginia Tech. Yeah. They have three they their their freshman class this year has three guys in the top forty three recruits. So I think they are a very talented team. They're gonna have the opportunity to fly under the radar. So They're deep on the Gators, huh? I'm taking I'm going with them over Kentucky. As my SEC team in the Final Four, and then my ACC teams, Louisville. Um, you know they got the I don't I don't know how to say his Nuora Jordan Nuora. Yeah, he's preseason All American. He's the returning leading scorer in the ACC, and six of their seven top scorers are returning. So Louisville's going to be a very deep team. I think they have a lot of talent, um, but I, I'm going with Duke. Uh, they they have a they have a they have a top three recruiting class. They have Trey Jones, and I'm going to tell you what. After watching that game the other night against Kansas, Vernon Carey is and is is an absolute beast. And stroke it. So my final four is Michigan State, Kansas, Florida, and Duke. Nice little blue bloods mixed with um, you know, I I would say Florida is a non-conventional pick. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean they had that. that run with Noah and Brewer and those guys, yeah. Horford. Yeah. So with that, you, you got, got any, you, you got, got anything? You else? got a champ or? Yeah, who's your champion? I'm, I'm, go I'm so hesitant to pick champions from the Blue Blood Final Four. I'm going with uh, the Blue Devils to win the whole thing. Shock. K gets uh, number six. <laughs> Jesus, you're going with your favorite team. <laughs> um, man. I don't know. You know, this Duke team is interesting to me. Um, this Duke team is interesting to me because they don't really have, like, a star. You know, their star is probably Trey Jones. Which is why I said it kind of reminded me of that yeah. that 15 team with, with the three of them, you know. And um, that's, that's why I was just interested in it. It just kind of gives me that feel. Um, you know, all their starters were in double figures the other night. They're playing eight and nine guys, which is... Pretty unk like he likes to keep it to 
to six or seven. I mean, really strong, you know, guys that get a ton of minutes. You know, he keeps those he keeps those around six or seven guys, and they're they're playing eight and nine guys now. I know it's early, but I you know I want to take Duke. I think Duke probably is good enough to make it to the championship game, but in my mind, it's gonna—it's probably gonna come down to one of my two locks, and that's Michigan State or Kansas. What what really concerns me about Kansas is some of the things that you've talked about. Obviously, they're turnover prone, and you know, Bill Self's going through a, a crazy uh, scandal right now. I think he's feeling some heat. Yeah, and I think that's gonna sort of be hanging over that team. So so I am going to say that I think the final is gonna be Michigan State versus Duke. Oh so much fun. And I think Michigan State wins. I'm gonna go. go I'm gonna go with a Big Ten team. Uh we're probably wrong and none of these teams are gonna be in the final four. <laughs> uh but you know I already guaranteed it. Baylor, Gonzaga. I already guaranteed it. Um so you got anything else? That's it. You good? All right. With that, that wraps us up. We thank you for listening to us today. Be on the lookout for all of our other great episodes we have coming. If you haven't listened to some of our NBA episodes, our Browns Timeline of Terror, um, you know, we have a midseason NFL uh, preview that we just put out last week where we got pretty crazy on ourselves for some of the things that we said about the Browns. Listen to us. Thank you. We love you. Have a great day. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.